0: Welcome to the first of our daily reflections at Christ Church for Holy Week. We had planned to meet together in our church in the early morning and then in the evening during this week to pray together. But because of the coronavirus restrictions, we're going to do a series of short daily podcasts during the week so that you can join us for prayer and reflection at home. Holy Week is a time when Christians from all over the world will reflect on the journey of Jesus towards his death on the cross on Good Friday and the joy of the resurrection on Easter Sunday. In our podcast, we're going to be using a book written by Stephen Cottrell called The Things He Carried. In this book, Stephen Cottrell has written in a way that tries to get inside not just the meaning of what Jesus did for us, but to open up the way for us to engage our imaginations and feelings. He does this by focusing on the different things that Jesus carried. The crown of thorns, the seamless robe, our sins, our sorrows. Today, I'm going to be reading some of his reflections on Jesus carrying the wooden beam of the cross. One of the most extraordinary things about Jesus is that he is fully human and fully divine, both man and God. We live in extraordinary times. The coronavirus and the challenges we face now we couldn't even have imagined a year ago. We may be feeling all sorts of things that we hadn't expected, may be fearful, stressed, lonely and isolated. We may ourselves be ill or have family or loved ones who are. Today as we reflect on Jesus carrying the wooden beam of the cross we can know that we don't have a remote God who doesn't understand what we're going through. Jesus entered our world and he knows what it is to endure pain and suffering. I'm going to begin by reading a passage from Mark's Gospel. Then I'm going to read some of Stephen Cottrell's reflection on Jesus carrying the cross. Then we're going to take a short time to meditate and reflect for ourselves and use our imaginations. To help, it would be great if you could find something made from a piece of wood and also something that is heavy, but you can just about lift. Maybe there's something in the room where you are that you can use, or maybe put this talk on pause and go and get something. First, I'm going to pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for us on the cross, to open up the way for everyone who puts their faith in him, to receive forgiveness of our sins and to become part of your family as precious sons and precious daughters. We pray send your Holy Spirit, spirit of truth, spirit of comfort, spirit of hope, spirit of love. Holy Spirit, please be at work in our hearts and our minds and in our imaginations to reveal to us the wonder of Jesus' death on the cross for us. Please move our hearts to worship and praise and love and thanksgiving. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I'm now going to read a short passage from Mark's Gospel. It's Mark 15, verses six to 15. And Jesus is with the Roman governor, Pilate. That's Mark 15, verses six to 15. Now it was the custom at the feast to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of envy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder. Crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. I'm now going to read from Stephen Cottrell's Reflection. He carried a large wooden beam, one half of a cross. They handed it to him like it was nothing, like it could be thrown away, like they were going to throw him away, this thing of terrible beauty. He held the rough wood in his hands, gripped it, felt its shape, tested its weight, imagined the plane upon it, the axe striking the base of the trunk, the weight of the leaves upon the branches, fluttering in the air of a spring day. He saw it dragged away, cut open, dissected, used. He remembered its growing in the forest, a tiny unfolding, the first leaf unravelling, felt the sap rising within it, Its growing and its vast potential. He felt its density. It contained the strength to support and the durability to hold. It contracted and expanded. It was eye of a needle. It was base of a table and now a grim vocation to be the place where death is distributed. And no one could look him in the eye. Not at this point not at this broad beam, being handed out. This was the time to look away, to scan the horizon. This was the time to think of home and hearth, of logs being thrown on the fire. He shouldered the weight. It could carry him and it could crush him. He felt its roughness against his rawness, the splinters that pushed into his flesh anticipated the nails that were to follow. It was half a cross. He didn't carry the whole thing, though that was how it would usually be remembered, but nobody ever got him right. Just the cross piece, which his hands would be nailed to, he carried it. And he knew that when he reached the place of execution, a stake would be ready and the beam attached to it and his hands nailed to it actually his wrists, in between the bones, so that the flesh wouldn't tear and he could hang there longer. He would be hoisted up, it would make a cross, and then his feet would be nailed in place. But first there was a journey to make, from Pilate's palace through the crowded city streets to the hill of the skull outside the walls, about half a mile, and all this way he half carried half-dragged this great girder, this joist from which he would hang. It was about five feet in length, the height of a small person. It weighed about five stone, as much as a bag of cement. And he was already battered and broken from being flogged. And the crowd that had welcomed him days earlier now bade for blood. And the pallor and expectancy of death Was already upon him. He emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. The Romans were fond of crucifixion. It was their execution of choice. They liked its precision. It produced the maximum amount of pain and a death struggle of adjustable duration. They had so mastered this technology of killing that they could decide how much it hurt and how long it lasted. The clever bit was the nail through the feet. A body just suspended by the wrists would soon develop agonizing cramp. The ribs are drawn upwards and the chest is fixed in position as if the victim has just drawn a large breath but cannot breathe out. The metabolic rate surges and within an hour or so the victim dies of suffocation. But by nailing the feet, the condemned man could buy time by pushing himself up on the nails and by stretching his legs could raise his whole body a few inches and relieve the tension in his chest and arms. And everyone knew about crucifixion. Over a thousand years, thousands of people died this way. There were times when the Roman circus arenas became forests of crosses. As he carried this weight through the streets, Jesus knew what was in store for him. We imagine him stumbling through the narrow, crowded alleys of Jerusalem on a hot, humid Friday afternoon. We sense the frenzied animation of the crowd. We see the spiteful excitement etched into the faces of those who shout and jeer. We feel their spittle on our face. We see their hands waving, their fingers jabbing. We smell the rank odour of blood and sweat. We feel the weight of the cross pressing us down, and then we hear the bloodlust of the crowd boil over. We know in our hearts how easy it is to run with the crowd, and we know how we would have responded. With horror, we see it is our hands upon him, our fingers pointing, our voices jeering. And then we see him fall, as if in slow motion, tumbling, stumbling, reaching out for a support that has been taken away. His hands sliding in the dust, straining for purchase, the beam itself crashing down, the crowd laughing, the soldiers who accompany accompanying him pointing, heaving him to his feet, bidding him continue. And suddenly, it seems to me nothing, another useless dreamer. He's just another innocent man, going to his death, like so many thousands and millions of other innocent people have died ugly and anonymous deaths through the whole bloody failure of human history, in gas chambers, killing fields, firing squads, trenches, Collapsed buildings, atomic explosions, bombed trains. The list goes on and on. And here he is. One more man going to his death. Silent before his accusers. Useless to stem the flow of hatred and revenge that consumes the human heart. After the defeat of Spartacus' uprising in 71 BC, Six and a half thousand rebellious slaves were crucified. Their crosses lined the Appian Way from Cappadocia to Rome. Their names are forgotten. But the carpenter's son from Nazareth, this man stumbling to his death, he is remembered. And of all the things we remember about his life and teaching, it is this event, his dying, that we remember most. And the means of his death, the cross, Remember it. Why is it because this man is not just a man, not less than a man, but God contained within what it is to be man? His suffering and his dying are not just one more notch carved in the endless torment of human misery, but God sharing it, God involved in the world he made, God stretched out. On this fearful piece of wood. When I am lifted up. He is face to face now with our barbarity. He carries the cross and he treads a path of suffering, step by painful step, that is the suffering of the world. He carries the battered woundedness of everyone who has been trapped and convicted by the foul depravity of all the awfulness we do to each other. He can taste its breath, he can feel its hands upon him, but he carries something else, a light flickering within him that will not be snuffed out. Not when the soldiers mock him, not when he is stripped and beaten, not when they drive in the nails, not when he hangs there, ridiculed, forsaken, defeated. He carries half a cross, That half, which is God's determination to plumb the depths of that dark river, which is the human heart. But the other half is entirely something else, something that also needs to be nailed down and joined up. He is reaching into the bloody mess in order to redeem it. He carries the purposes of God. They will be shaped into a cross. If you've got something that you can hold that's made of wood, take it in your hand. I've got a little wooden cross that a friend gave me as a present years ago. Hold the piece of wood. Take a moment to imagine where it came from. Imagine it growing in a forest. Imagine the person who cut it down. Imagine who shaped it into the thing you are holding. Now pick up something you find really heavy. I've got a heavy suitcase that I've filled with books that I can just about lift. Pick it up, feel its weight, hold it for as long as you can. We've been imagining what it was like for Jesus to carry his physical wooden cross. How do you feel when you are overburdened? What is the heaviest load you are carrying at the moment? What is the greatest pain you're experiencing? The cross has been compared to a many-faceted, beautiful diamond. As you turn the diamond around, you see its beauty shining from different angles. Maybe today the Holy Spirit has revealed to you the beauty of the cross in a new way. I'd invite you to thank Jesus. As we end this time together, I'm going to pray for us all that the Holy Spirit will continue to be at work in our hearts as we go through the rest of this day and journey together through Holy Week. Dear Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, Spirit of comfort, Spirit of hope, Spirit of love, please be at work in our hearts and our minds and our imaginations to reveal to us the wonder of Jesus's death on the cross for us. Please move our hearts to worship and praise and love and thanksgiving. And we ask all these things in Jesus precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this time of reflection and prayer today. Please join us again tomorrow.